my wife wishes that I have one. <laughs> but anyway, so Third uh, John, just like Second John, is a is a short letter, but at the same time, it's, it's a rich letter, right? And so there is enough material here to to do two or three lessons, uh, depending on the depth that one wants to get in. Um, since I don't have that time, we are going to be uh, going through Third John, but in a more panoramic way. You know, we are not going to touch everything, but there is some some interesting things in here. Um, so let me go ahead and uh, start in a word of prayer, and then we'll get into Third uh, John for a little bit as I uh, get all the my notes out. Anyway, so. Let's pray. Lord God, we just want to thank you for who you are, Lord. You're a wonderful God, Lord, uh, and we can call you Father. Lord, you established that relationship, Lord, with us through the Lord Jesus Christ, who died on the cross for our sins, according to the Scripture, who was buried and rose again on the third day, Lord, according to the Scripture. And it's because of your work of redemption, Lord, and that we, um, uh, we have a relationship with you as your sons, you know, and uh, what kind of love is this, what kind of love is this? that we should be called your children. Lord, thank you for your love. Thank you for your word. Thank you for your truth. And I pray, Lord, that this evening as we study here in Third John, that, uh, uh, that we will grasp the truth uh, that you're trying to communicate to us, Lord, and then act upon those things, that we will be discerning, learning, and then put into practice the things that we need to put into practice. We ask you this in Jesus' name, Lord God. Amen. All right. So again, uh, Third John, a short letter. Uh, written to uh, an, one individual, okay? But what I want us to see here, I, I, uh, I gave it a title, okay? And I called this The Tale of Three Men. The Tale of Three Men. There, are, there is a person who is addressed in the, in the letter, is addressed to Gaius, right? And then there are two other people that are mentioned here in the letter, Diotrephes uh, and Demetrius. Okay, and uh, so three men. That Paul is going to say things about them, and so it's the tale of three men. And uh, so we are going to uh, look at the characteristics of these three men, and uh, and what uh, John, I said Paul earlier. So what John is telling us about uh, the characteristics of these three men. Okay. So I'm going to ask somebody first uh, to read uh, First John chapter uh, Third John. <laughs> if somebody will read verses one through eight, who will do that for me? Matt. Okay. Thank you, Mike. 
the name Gaius uh, is, uh, actually appears five times throughout the New Testament. I don't know if it's the same person, okay? But in each of those five circumstances, it always appears with, in, a, in a positive manner. It's kind of interesting, right? And I have the conviction that perhaps in some of those cases it is the same person, and we are going to see later on in, the, in Romans, and the one in Romans is probably the same one that is mentioned in Corinthians because they are both commended, uh, spoken well, uh, given the same attribute, the same characteristics, okay? So it's kind of interesting that, uh, yeah, five times, and it's always in a, in a positive manner. So in verses 1 through 4, uh, and Mark just read it. We may want to look at him again a little bit. There is a certain characteristic. So we're going to look at two characteristics that are singled out of this man called Gaius. You know, uh, John uh, brings two things out, I think, perhaps more, but I noted two, right? Uh, so two things that he brings out. And look at verses 1 through 4. What is in verse 1 through 4? says about uh, this guy, perhaps that, that, that sticks out to you. Uh, somebody? Yes, I didn't wear my hearing aid, but that's all good. <laughs> yeah, and perhaps what you said was something like that, uh, he's a man of the truth. <laughs> right? And the word truth there appears five times in this, in, this, uh, in this short letter. But he is indeed a man of the truth. And the term appears actually six times, uh, twice in one verse. Okay? So Gaius' life is all about truth. Gaius' life is all about truth. He is not only, he is a possessor of the truth, and that is that, the, and look at verse 3, where John says to him, For I rejoice greatly um, when brethren came and testified of the truth that is in you. Okay. Uh, so he has a reputation with fellow believers that came to him, right? They visited him, they met him, and they said, This man is a man whose life is in the sphere of truth. Truth is in him. So how did the truth get in him? Somebody gave him the gospel, right? So, uh, Rory? Uh, John. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So he said, he, John led him to the Lord. It seems John calls him a, a, a son, right, a true son, right. So yeah, he, he's a man of the truth. He, his life is carried out in the sphere of truth, right. So uh, in some versions says your truth, but the definite article uh, is there. So rather than being your truth, is the truth, right. Uh, the definitely so he's a possessor of the truth, not his own truth, right? But the truth of the gospel, the truth of the word of God. And as a possessor of that truth, what happened with his life? Did his life remain the same? 
No, it was impacted. And as we read this letter, and, and we read in verses 1 through 8, that impact in his life is reflected or was reflected how? How he acted, how he related to, how he treated who? Other believers. Right? His life was changed by the gospel. You know, I remember, and it's not about me, so I don't remember anything. <laughs> but his life was changed because of the gospel. And if you are here as a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, what happened to you? You are in Christ. You are in the truth. Your life was changed by the gospel, right? And we continue to walk in that life, in that change of the gospel. So this is Gaius, right? He lives in the spirit of the truth. He said, you are walking in truth. His lifestyle is all about truth. He has a Christ focus. He has a scripture focus, right? He wants to do what God has him to do. What is the truth, you know? Uh, and so that's what we have. Gaius, uh, for Gaius, the truth is and was life-changing. And the you there, when it says, uh, uh, he lives in, you are walking in truth, the you there is emphasized. So that means that I say, I say to Marianne, you are walking in the truth. You, so there is an emphasis on the person. You are doing this. And John is so excited to see that one of his spiritual children, right, he says, I'm excited when all my children, to learn that all my children are walking in the truth. Now, I'm going to ask you as a parent. When you hear about your children, <laughs> right, what do you want to hear? How they're doing at work? How much money they're making? Did they get a pay raise? Oh, that's all good stuff, right? There's nothing wrong with that. But what is the main concern that parents have regarding their children? <laughs> yeah, are they walking in the truth, right? Yeah, it's okay if you got a promotion. I'm proud. I'm happy for you. Great. But are you walking in the truth? Are they walking in the truth? And tell you what, when a parent is not sure, man, what a feeling of leaves in you so uncomfortable, right? And you worry about it and you say, how do I address that? You know, should I say something? Well, one thing for sure we do, we pray. <laughs> right? The one thing that we do for sure is we pray. Right? But John is so excited about this man, Gaius, because he is walking in the truth. Right? So that's one of the characteristics of Gaius, verses 1 through 4. Any thoughts or anything that you want to mention? Marianne? Right. Yeah. And, and, and we'll touch on that later on a little bit, and, but I'll give you, it is possible, you know, we are going to see that this man guy was committed to the body of believers. Okay. And it seems like by Paul, by John's prayer, that perhaps he was having some physical issues because he says, I'm praying for your health. Right. So interesting thing, in spite of the health conditions that this man had, 
his focus still was who? Others. His focus still was the body of Christ, right? Believers. Yeah. So yeah, kind of Mr. Mac. Yes, that's right. He, he had a reputation, right? Uh, he, he, that's what he was known, and then we'll see that uh, in a little bit. Uh, and uh, look at now verses five, 5 through 8, another characteristic of Gaius, there in 5 says, Beloved, you do faithfully, uh, you do faithfully whatever you do for the brethren and for strangers who have borne witness of your love before the church. If you send them forward on their journey in a manner worthy of God, you will do well. Because they went forward from, for his name's sake, taking nothing from the Gentiles. We therefore authorize such uh, that we may become fellow co-workers of the truth. So uh, one of the characteristics of Gaius was that he walked on the truth. But another characteristic also that we just mentioned, right, we talked about it, is that the love that he has for the brethren, right? What a, what a great testimony, right? What a great testimony. A man that is of the truth and, and in the truth, and because of that, it is reflected in the manner that he treats those of his spiritual family. Right? So he does that. So Gaius was a uh, truth walk was reflected in the hospitality he exercised toward traveling evangelists. Um, you know, uh, in today's culture, it's a little bit different, right? Uh, when we have a, a visiting pastor coming from somewhere else, or we have an evangelist or something, uh, in today's culture and society, what do we do? We'll put him in a hotel. A lot of them like to go into a hotel. You know, I've never said anybody say, well, yeah, I'd rather go in a hotel. You know, they want to go to a hotel. Now, we don't do that anymore at Southview Bible Church. Why? We have a house. So it's much closer to the church, right? And so uh, in that, you know, we, we exercise hospitality because I know that the, the ladies of the church, uh, they put enough food there <laughs> for those people. You know, you're going to Albert goes, they say, man, this stuff looks good. Let me have that. Let me have that. This, this, yeah, this is not good for them. <laughs> no, just kidding, Albert. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, but the hospitality. But in those days, you know, uh, the inns were not all that nice. They were dangerous in many situations. And, and perhaps in some places, they were not even uh, places to stay. So these people, depending on, on the kindness, right, of the of other believers, right? And Gaius was known. He had a reputation uh, for that. Now, turn with me to Romans chapter 16 and verse 23 for a second. And, uh, and again, I'm not sure this is the same person, but I'm going to say that he is. <laughs> right? Because... Uh, it's kind of, it, it will be great, you know, if you have two people that have the same name and they have the same characteristics, right? They're commended for the same, for the same thing. So, uh, who would like to read Acts, uh, Romans 16, 23, the first part of the verse? Do you want Gaius, who is close to me and to the whole congregation. Okay. Gaius, who is 
host, me, and the whole church. Wow. So, you know, Paul in his missionary travel uh, trips, right? He was staying with some people here and there. And obviously, I'll take it that, I say, where am I going to go? And say, let's go to Gaius. Hey, hey, Paul. And Gaius would say, hey, Paul, who you have with you? Well, I got Timothy and I got this other guy. There's about four or five of us, you know, that, oh, okay, come on in. It may be a little tight, but you come on, guys, come on in, right? But he was not hospitable just to Paul. He was hospitable to whom? The whole church, right? His love extended to everybody in the body of Christ, to everybody perhaps in his local church. This is a man who is recognized by his love for the brother. He loves the truth. He lives in the truth and is manifested by the way that his brothers, that, that he treats his, his brother. And say, Gaius, my host and the host of the whole church greets you. Yeah, he's thinking about others. Okay? Uh, so in Second John, John admonishes believers. You remember, what, what was the, uh, the point of Second John? John admonishes the, uh, his, uh, the elect lady. Right, she admonished, he admonished her to right. He was hosting those who denied the resurrection, denied the resurrection, the incarnation of Christ. Right. And so Second John it says, you know, it's okay. To practice hospitality, but not toward those who do not proclaim the true gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Not toward those who blaspheme the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Not toward those who look down on the Lord Jesus Don't show hospitality. Don't even give him a greeting. Okay? Don't say, well, have a good day. Uh, do better at the next house. <laughs> no, nothing like that. You know, just this place has no room for you. Okay? So, but now here in Third John, what is he doing? Perhaps you know other people heard about Second John and they say, "Oh man, uh, maybe John wants us not to host anybody, right?" But Third John comes along and says, "What? Well, oh no, you no, you do, you do do that. You just need to be know who you do it for, right? Who you're going to help, who you're going to encourage, who are you going to uh, to support." So here John encourages hospitality. To are those who went forth for his name's sake. Okay? And uh, what does that mean? They were preaching the gospel. Right? Yeah, it was too simple to get an answer, right? <laughs> and then he goes on in verse 8 that in supporting such, we do what? Become, yeah, we are participating in the work. Or those who are in the field doing the work, right? I don't have a ministry of, of evangelists, you know, a full-time evangelist. Or we're, we're all evangelists, right? Uh, but I'm not a full-time evangelist who uh, requires the help or the support of the body of Christ. But there are people who do, right? And we say when we help those people, we become part of their work, right? Right? There are people that I don't know, there are people that you don't know, right, that we are supporting as a church and perhaps individually, right? And, and one day when we get uh, in heaven, 
perhaps the Lord will say to, to us, well done. And for what, Lord? Well, you know, you were supporting this missionary here, and you were supporting this missionary there, and look what they've done. Okay, look at the work that they've done, the seeds that they planted, the seeds that they watered, right? The gospel that they proclaim. And so maybe the Lord says, hey, you know, Tom, here is a crown for you. And Tom, I didn't do anything. All you did, you were a co-worker with these people who were someplace that you couldn't be, right? Okay, any thoughts so far? No, okay. I want you to note in verse 7, and I'm going to ask you a question. It says, because they went forth for his name's sake. And then it says something really interesting. You know what you're talking about. I'm talking about. What does it say, Marianne? Yes. Accepting or taking, receiving nothing from the Gentiles. Anita, what does that mean? Unbelievers. So what does that mean that he accepted nothing for unbelievers, from unbelievers? So, in other words, gospel ministry is to be supported by believers. By believers. Let me tell you a personal story. I'm not going to give names to protect the guilty. <laughs> but years ago, when I retired from the military, I uh, was thinking about going to some ministry. And um, I had a meeting with two people. I know to be one of the chaplains. And this ministry involved, I was interested in doing teaching. So, but it involved some teaching and a lot of fundraising. <laughs> okay. And I said, you know, I'm not excited about the fundraising part. I know that needs to be done. Okay. And I'm okay with that. But I'm not, it's not my primary focus. I said, but I want you to know that I will only do fundraising and churches that are doctrinally sound. And so they did this. They looked at each other, and the thought in my mind was, I'm done. <laughs> right? So then they asked me a question. And the question was, if an unbeliever gives you a million dollars, would you take it? Well, that's tempting, isn't it? I, I knew Thor John. I knew what Thor John said. And my answer had to be taking nothing from the Gentiles. Gospel ministry must be supported by God's people, by gospel believing people. Okay. Any thoughts or any comments? Or comments? Somebody has to say something. The whole nutrition standard for accepting nothing from Satan takes it over. Sure. Yeah, some more sound stronger than others, but <laughs> right. Yeah, so uh, uh, John is encouraging here, Gaius, right, um, and uh, uh, and commending him to the people. Uh, in, in, and now we're reading about him, and we're picking up some so what here. You know, so what about Gaius? Well, it's important to be a person of the truth. It's important to support, right, to love the brother and to support those who are out there preaching the gospel. You had your word? Yeah. 
Yeah, that's a good point, right? Uh, it says, do not be unequally yoked with unbelievers. Do not get engaged in ministry work with unbelievers. Yeah, um, yeah. Excellent. A good thought, wasn't it? All right. So, Gaius' life uh, was about others, in particular supporting evangelism. He did so even though he had limitations. And Marianne mentioned, you know, said at the beginning of the, of the, uh, of the letter, uh, John mentions that he's praying for his health, that his health will get better, right? Uh, so, again, this is, this is a man that probably has some means, right? Um, so the means may limit how much we can do, okay? But this is the man, obviously, he has some means, but he also has some, some health issues, or so it appears, and yet he did not let the limitations that he had get in the way of ministry. He did what he could, what he was out with, what he had, right? He said, well, you know, I got a headache, so I'm, you know, or whatever. <laughs> Obviously, it must have been more serious than that, right? But so that was, uh, that was Gaius. Although likely in poor health, Gaius was spiritually prosperous. Many of today's four teachers propose that illness are the consequence of sin. But that was not the case with Gaius. His illness was not the result of sin. Sometimes it is, right? In the Gospel of John, we have two different situations, right? We have a situation that uh, the Lord meets with a person in John 5 and says, uh, hey, you're doing well now, but go and sin no more so that nothing worse may happen to you, right? And then in chapter 11, uh, chapter 9, they come to him and say, Sir, uh, Lord, who sinned? Who sinned? Uh, this man or his parents that he was born the way he is? And the Lord's answer was, neither. This man was born this way so that the Lord may be glorified. Right? And so, yeah. Um, but it's a little bit different to what today's, uh, uh, some of the... Um, teachers out there. So what? So what about Gaius? Be hospitable without grumbling. You know, love one another. Encourage one another. Support those in the ministry. Uh, we are co-workers. You know, we are going to be rewarded for that. Okay? Support evangelistic efforts. Any thoughts on Gaius? I know we're moving fast. Uh, Greg? Uh, oh, if somebody gives you a million dollars, yeah. I'll go to the casino right away. That way I can, lo that way I can lose it. A lot of times those men ministries begin to suffer because of such. Yeah, you know, and that's a good question, but I, I don't know the answer about what happened. All I know is that from my perspective, uh, at that point, you know, uh, knowing what the scripture said, I had to say I can, can't go there. You know, I cannot do that. Albert? And the status of the ministry today is sad. Okay, the status of the ministry today is sad. Okay. Anyways, all right. So, we come now to... Uh, uh, Donna? Yeah, the Lord says, children, you're 
Ja. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I want you to get better as you grow in the Lord. <laughs> yeah, please don't pray for me like that. <laughs> anyway, you mean I got to study the Bible? I got to pray? I got to come to church? No. Yeah. You know, and sometimes there are people who are physically healthy and spiritually ill. Isn't it true? Yeah. That's right. Okay, now we come to uh, man number two. Uh, and I got the wrong page. Let me get to the right page for him. Man number two, verses 9 through 11. We're going to talk about a man called, or read about a man and talk about him, called Diotrephes. Diotrephes. Now, who would like to read verses 9 through 11? How about Rory? You're way in the back. Thank you. Thank you, Ro. Okay. So, not like Gaius. <laughs> it's this guy. is at the other end. He's the anti-Gaius. <laughs> right? He's opposite to whatever Gaius is. Gaius is all about the body of Christ. All about supporting the people. All about helping the workers. That's Gaius. The atrophies is all about, about him. <laughs> I am number one. <laughs> it's all about me. Mm-hmm. That's Jesus or Jovi, correct. Yeah, so... That, what that reflects, what that told me, uh, Jonathan, really was, is that this guy has a, uh, has a Gentile background, right? So uh, there were some other Gentile people that not, and the names were changed, so they're named after uh, other gods. But, but yes. But, uh, yeah, you know, so he thinks he's God. <laughs> right? It's true, right? I, yes, Michelle. You know, those are some of the thoughts that I come up later on that I have, right? Yeah, how come this man is there? Probably, I'll answer now, probably he has such a strong and commanding personality that people may be afraid of him, right? Um, yeah, uh, Caleb. Sure. Just working towards that with their 
Yeah. Oh, I absolutely. Go ahead. <laughs> they will know. Okay. So let me let me mention some of the characteristics that I noticed for the sake of time on uh, on uh, on this gentleman called Diatrophist, Right. Um, I noticed first of all that he's a narcissist. Right. <laughs> Does that sound familiar? Right. What is a narcissist? Well, um, Marianne. Self focus. A person that says, "Put the spotlight on me." <laughs> it's all about me, right? Uh, loves to be, uh, loves to have the preeminence, right, in the church. The, uh, the superiority complex. Um, uh, uh, philo, whatever, the name means there, the philo, proteo. Philo meaning love or desire, and proteo from protos, which means first. Loves to be first, right? He had no respect no consideration for anybody, not even the apostles. That is some kind of boldness in the bad sense. <laughs> right? This is somebody who did not respect anybody. Right? It was all about him and the people that were in the body there, they were all there to meet his purposes. He wanted to carry the day. Right? So that's one characteristic that I noticed about him. I also noticed that he was uh, hostile. Did you pick that up? Yeah. He was uh, unhospitable, unwelcoming, rebellious, arrogant. You know, Gaius was all about others. The atrophies was all about self. And as I mentioned, his, he, he did not even respect the brethren, did not even respect the apostles. And then he says, you know, if somebody wanted to, to participate in the work by supporting the people, and we get that, in a, that characteristic in a minute, he would say, no, you're not going to do that. I'm going to put you out of the church. Church discipline because you're trying to be hospitable. Well, that's kind of interesting, right? <laughs> I'm going to excommunicate you because you're trying to love your brother. Hmm. <laughs> that's this guy here. That's diatrophist, Okay. Another aspect, uh, characteristic of this man, is that he was a, a blasphemer. What does he say about John? Yeah. He was talking bad about the apostle, right? Blaspheming, talking down on them, right? And I imagine that when somebody like this guy is talking bad about an apostle, he's also talking bad about anybody else and everybody else. Missionary, non-missionary, member of the church, evangelist, whoever it was. If, if that person didn't come along his plans, he's going to have something negative to say, right? Because this man is all about him, okay? And then he goes on to say, let me find the verse here. Um, the verse, uh, the, uh, the second half of verse 10 where it says, and not, uh, and not content with that, that he does the malicious words and all that stuff, he himself does not receive the brethren, okay? Not like Gaius, okay? And forbids those who wish to put in them out of the church. You know, I thought that this is kind of a tyrannical attitude. Okay? He doesn't come across pastoral. He doesn't come across as a loving, kind brother, spiritual leader. 
He's a monarch. He's a tyrant, right? He's popish, <laughs> right? He wants to exercise authority of the people and tell them exactly what to do and what not to do and when to do it. Wow. Yeah. Uh, how is the church tolerating this guy? What's happening? If he's able to do this, he's in a leadership position in the church to begin with. Yes. And how do you, the question becomes, why did they put him there? Well, does it happen today? Yeah, sure, of course it does. I mean, oh, of course it does. I mean, that's a rhetorical Yeah. All right, you know, and I think that one of the reasons that we are reading about this guy in the sense that, that John put this guy, because we can identify that in certain circles. You know, sometimes you see them on TV, you know, when a pastor falls into immorality, right, and he does all these things wrong, whatever, don't the elders know that? That's not all happening in, in secret. It's happening in secret, but there is, somebody knows about that, Right? And what do they do? They tolerate, and they tolerate, and they go along for whatever reason, right? So that's what we have here. That's what we have here. Uh, Diatrophies did not show any fruit of the Spirit, right? Contrasting aspect between the two men, Gaius. Gaius is all about truth. Diatrophies is all about self. Diatrophy was like an elder, a pastor in the congregation, yet he did not display elder qualities, Right? He has probably pastoral qualities. When he was self-willed, he was unhospitable, he was controlling, and he was and imposed the, his mind on others. Okay? And he did not practice hospitality, as we mentioned. And one of the, the characteristics that Paul gives about elders is to practice hospitality, right? <laughs> yeah, be hospitable. But this guy somehow finds himself in a position of leadership in the church, right? All right. So the question I have, and I don't know the answer at this point, maybe essentially, is this man a believer? Doesn't sound like one, right? John doesn't say that he is. He doesn't say that he's not. But in verse 12, John is going to make some comments to Gaius that maybe say something. Who I to read verse twelve? Uh, eleven. Let's make let's make that eleven. Twelve is about Demetrius. <laughs> yeah, Jeremy. I was gonna, I was ask no, you just got to read. No. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Well, Yeah, he, he's probably the guy that would have taken the million dollar. <laughs> okay. Who would like to read verse 11 for me? Uh, Marianne? Okay, so now John is reverting back to talk to Gaius, and he says to Gaius, what? Do not, <laughs> do not act like this guy. <laughs> okay, so one or two things, maybe both, are implied in what John is saying. He may be saying what the, what the atrophist is doing is evil, but he's not, he's saved, or 
that the author of it himself is evil and he's doing evil, right? And so, which one is it? I don't know. I think, has that mark? That's for God to decide. But like Jeremy said, right, this man is in a position that he shouldn't be in. We are told in Scripture that you will know them by their fruit, right? So, I don't know. You know, sometimes unbelievers do rise to positions of power and authority and leadership in churches, right? And Gaius is one of those guys, okay? Um, so what? Well, so what? Well, first of all, let me touch a little bit. Uh, Paul encourages Gaius to be discerning. Do not imitate what is evil, right? Gaius, you're doing well. This guy is not your example. <laughs> this guy is not the one that you want to follow, right? Do not imitate, imitate us. We're going to move on, right? So what? Uh, the so what here will be, for me, was evaluate character and discern good from evil. And don't take the million dollars. <laughs> don't it? Oh, I for yeah, I forgot to uh, I forgot to mention that. Uh, well, what is that? Uh, verse ten. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, if I can't, yeah. So what is John saying there? I, I have it on my notes. I, I skipped over it. What is John saying there? I'm, I'm going to deal with this guy. You know, if I come, I'm going to deal. Uh, uh, and John is known as the apostle of love. But sometimes you've got to exercise tough love. And sometimes you've got to be really, really tough on that love, right? He's an apostle of love. He's an apostle of truth, right? And yet he's not going to let this guy go uncalled. In the sense. He's going to bring him up and he's going to say, you are out of place. Okay, okay, I got to move on. So let's go to, uh, to the last gentleman. Uh, only one verse given to this guy. But what a verse, right? What a verse, right? Uh, so um, let's, who would like to read verse 12? Anita? Thank you. Now, this guy, Demetrius, uh, also his name is his name after another Roman god, right? The, the uh, goddess, actually. Uh, he, uh, the goddess of agriculture, grain, and fertility. Ceres. Okay? So, also, this indicates that he was uh, a Greek, uh, Gentile, I'm sorry, by background, probably the Romans. Okay? Uh, let's see what else. Um, I, you know, I was looking about this and saying, I did, really don't know the reason John made comments regarding Demetrius. Okay. Why did he bring him up? Uh, yes. You know, that was my thought. <laughs> he may also be sending them as the letter bearer, but also in his stead until he arrives. So he says, I have many things to write to you, but I wish to say them. 
sure. Yeah. I, I thought the same thing. I thought one or two things, perhaps both, right? That he's the, the letter bearer, and he, perhaps that he's also one of those who went out for the truth. In other words, he's an evangelist. So he's saying to Gaius, receive this guy well, okay? Uh, in the sense, because Gaius, uh, it says here that Gaius was supported of those who he knew and those who did not know. So those who did not have any personal knowledge, perhaps they had to come with a letter of endorsement, with a letter of recommendation. And I take it that perhaps that's what John is doing here, that he's carrying this letter, that, uh, that, um, uh, that Demetrius is carrying the letter, but perhaps at the same time is one of those people that goes around sharing the gospel. And uh, John says to Gaius, you can be confident in this guy, you will do well in helping and showing hospitality uh, to this man. And, but there are a few things said in about, guy, about uh, Demetrius here. Uh, one is, is that he's entrusted by men, right? So the, the community of believers that knows him thinks highly of him, right? Uh, it says, beloved, uh, Demetrius has a good testimony from all. And from, so among the people, he's approved by the people. The people say, yeah, we like him. He has good character. He's a godly man. You know, he's committed to the Lord. Is that a good endorsement? Yes. But you know what? Demetrius has a better endorsement than the endorsement of fellow believers. What endorsement is that? The truth. <laughs> He is endorsed by the truth. You see that in verse 12? And from the truth itself. So the final judge on character, on godliness, is not man, is the truth, the word. And Demetrius is a man, is a man that when men looked at him and they evaluated him, they said, yeah, this is a godly man. Well, most likely these were the believers who would say that. The unbelievers would probably, you know, he doesn't drink, he doesn't smoke, he doesn't flirt around. Who wants to be with him? (laughs) But the most important thing was that the word of God itself served to say, yes, right? uh, This man is trustworthy. This man is ought to be. Um, has a good testimony from the truth, all right? Um, I wish we had 30 more minutes. (laughs) All right. Um, Yeah, the scriptures are the final authority, the supreme evaluator, right? Uh, That's why in in the scripture we have the qualification for elders. We have the qualification for deacons, deaconesses, right? We have that in the scripture. Why? Because the final evaluator is not where a group of men thinks uh, about this man to put him in a certain position, is does he meet the standard of Scripture? Okay. Is his life in according to the Scripture, right? So Scripture is the final evaluator, right? And, and here we see that uh, Demetrius had a good report. <laughs> the Scripture, the truth, spoke well of him. The truth endorsed him, if I may put it that way. Okay. All right, so at the end, verses 13 and 14, who would like to read that? Uh, 
Yeah, I take it that John was tired of writing. He wrote the gospel. He wrote Revelation. Then he got smaller with First John. Then I said, you know what? I'm going to stay with one page. <laughs> I said, I, I'll come and see you guys. I told you what I got to tell you, but, you know, I'd rather come and see you. You know, and, and there is something about visiting people, right? Uh, there is certain conversation and certain intimacy that takes place that you cannot, uh, we cannot do through letters, right? Clarification. And in those days, you know, to have a, a correspondence via mail, it took a long time. Well, you know, I've been waiting for a letter from you for the last seven months. I'm sorry. The ship got caught in a storm and got stuck in an island for six months. <laughs> right? And so that's what we have. But so we see John's desire um, to come and see Gaius. He's so excited about this man. It thrills his heart that this man, Gaius, is walking according to the truth. He, he has the truth. He supports the truth. He lives according uh, to the truth. And it's manifested by the love of his brother. So he says, you know, I'm going to come and see you. Um, I want to come and see you. I've got a lot of things that I want to share with you, that I want to talk with you, that I want to teach you perhaps. But I don't want to do after the letter. Thank you, John. I can finish the Bible in a year now. <laughs> All right. Any thoughts or any comments? Well, praise the Lord. I didn't do anything but read the chapter. All right. So, you got it? Let me have one. I don't have one. If you don't have a, a, a prayer sheet like me, 